going on, everybody? Welcome to City Hope Church. Thanks for being with us this Memorial Day weekend. And to all of our veterans, a special thank you for everything that you do. We want to give a shout out to everybody who's joining us here for the very first time. If you haven't already, stop by our Welcome Lounge on your way out so that we can meet you, put a gift in your hand, and say thank you for being with us here this weekend. Service is going to get kicked off here in just a second. But before that happens, we want to let you know about some things happening right here at City Hope. This year, we packed over 200,000 meals during Fight the Hunger. But not only did we get to pack them, we got to send a team this past week to deliver these meals. This team not only got to meet the physical needs of the people of Haiti, but they also got to minister to them as well. To find out more about missions, check out go.cityhope.cc. Men's Night is happening Friday, June 12th at the Malbus campus, and it's going to be incredible. We're going to hang out, worship, and eat some steak and shrimp. And this event is totally free, so grab a couple of the guys and we'll see you there. Last year in one weekend, we gathered over 3,000 pairs of shoes to give the families in need all around the world. We're so excited because we know that this year, that number's only going to grow. Barefoot Weekend is right around the corner, and we want everybody to be involved, and here's how you do it. Go through your closets, find pairs of lightly worn shoes, and bring them to church the weekend of June 6th and 7th. Leave your shoes at the door that weekend to help us make a difference in our communities. In case you hadn't heard, we're gearing up to launch our brand new Baymanette campus on June 7th. This will be the fourth City of Hope location in Alabama, and we can't wait to see what God is going to do through this campus. If you've hosted a small group during our spring or fall semester and your group has decided that they like to continue meeting throughout the summer, there's good news because we're beginning our fusion semester May 31st. It's going to be an eight-week semester where groups get to choose their own meeting times and curriculum. To sign up or check out the groups, visit finderfusion.com. Again, thanks for joining us here this weekend at City Hope. If you have any questions about these events or anything else we have going on, you can either stop by the Info Center or check out cityhope.cc.
today for your grace. Lord Jesus, we know and recognize that it's only by your grace, by your love, your sacrifice for us that we have life. So Lord, right now we look to you. We set our hearts on you, Jesus. We worship you, Lord.
fellow Americans, Memorial Day is a day of ceremonies and speeches. Throughout America today, we honor the dead of our wars. We recall their valor and their sacrifices. We remember they gave their lives so that others might live. The unknown soldier who has returned to us today and whom we lay to rest is symbolic of all our missing sons. About him, we may well wonder as others have. Did he marry? Did he have children? Did he look expectantly to return to a bride? We'll never know the answers to these questions about his life. We do know, though, why he died. He saw the horrors of war and bravely faced them. Certain his own cause and his country's cause was a noble one, that he was fighting for human dignity, for free men everywhere. Let us, if we must, debate the lessons learned at some other time. Today, we simply say with pride, thank you, dear son. May God cradle you in his loving arms.
Come on. You guys join me for a minute, and let's just pray for this country. God, thank you for the freedom that we have. Thank you for what it means to be an American, God. And we just thank you for what this nation was founded on. And that is our freedom to gather together to worship and to celebrate and lift you up and declare that you are the one true God. Father, we are so grateful for the men and women who have laid down their life and given that ultimate sacrifice so that we could enjoy this freedom. I thank you that we are still a place where we can stand and boldly say, in God we trust. Thank you, Father. Amen. Amen. Yeah. <clears throat> hey, listen, before we go any further, I want to tell you guys about something we're going to do this weekend. Uh, thinking about Memorial Day and what it really means and all the people that have given so much to this country, we wanted to do something special for those families. And so uh, we put together a little gift. If, you, uh, if you're the spouse of someone who is currently deployed, if you're the spouse of someone who made that ultimate sacrifice and gave their life to protect our freedom, um, or if you're the spouse of someone that's just in active duty, um, we want to give you a gift. We want to make life a little easier for you. And so what we decided to do is we're just going to buy your next oil change. Okay? Isn't that cool? Pretty cool? Simple little way. Simple little way for us to say thank you. So uh, after service, just stop by the info center if you fall into those categories, and we'll make sure you get that. Okay, awesome. You guys go ahead and have a seat. I'm just going to tell you about some of the stuff that's coming up here at City Hope. My name is Luke. I am one of the pastors here, and I just want to say welcome to any first-time guest. If this is your first time to be with us, you made a great choice. Uh, you're in a very healthy and safe place, so welcome home. Uh, we've been praying for you. We've been expecting you even, and you don't have to take my word for it. To prove that, if you'll stop by our welcome lounge you will see exactly how much we were expecting you, okay? Because you're going to get a gift. You're going to get um, some information about the church that can help take that awkward thing out of not knowing really a big new place. And we're going to make sure that you guys feel completely comfortable. So welcome, you guys, all your first-time guests. I also want to say welcome to everyone who is watching online. I know we have a lot of people tuning in this weekend from vacation and all over. So happy Memorial Day weekend. Everyone online, we love you guys. God bless you. Well, it's summer, right? Yeah. Memorial Day feels like that official kickoff, you know? Like now we're in summer, everything's right. You know, all the grill masters are coming out. Let me hear you guys. Ooh, yeah. Whatever. You know, throwing some burgers down, flying the American flag, shooting bottle rockets at your neighbor's cat. There's nothing, nothing more American than that, right? That is perfect. Well, church doesn't have to be any different. As far as the fun goes, like there's no cats in here, I hope. Like if you have one in your purse right now, we have a special room for you outside. It's got padded walls. No, I'm just kidding. Let me back up. I shouldn't have said that. Sorry. Um, but summer is fun, and we like to have fun at church, and we think that's okay. Is it okay to have fun in church? Yeah. Awesome. Good. Well, let me tell you about a few things going on this summer here at City Hope. First of all, we, we do this kind of year-round uh, we do something we call fusion groups, and it's basically how we take a big old church and break it down into small groups of people with similar interests. Uh, so for all you cat lovers that I just offended a minute ago, you can find a whole group of other cat lovers that'll get together, and y'all can have a group. And I won't be there if you didn't pick up on that, but you guys will have an awesome time and, and just grow together and have a lot of fun. Um, but you can go to findafusion.com. It's real simple. 
sign up, find a group based on your demographic or age. We even have men's groups, women's groups, all kinds of stuff. So you guys, there's really no reason not to get plugged in and connect with other people with similar interests. Um, also, we have something really big coming up in a few weeks that we do every single year. It's called Barefoot Weekend. How many of you guys have been a part of Barefoot Weekend before? Yeah, awesome. Basically, what we're going to do is we're going to come in in a couple weekends, and we're going to take our shoes that we are wearing and donate them, leave them at the doors, and give them to people who could use those shoes, who don't have shoes and need that. So we're just going to drop our shoes off, come into this room, and just fill the place with the aroma of love and kindness and maybe some funky stuff that's still caught between your toes, but it's all good, and everybody has a good time. And so you guys really enjoy that. I look forward to that. Also, uh, summer also means that your kids are home from school, those 6th to 12th graders, and we can actually help with them laying around on your couch and uh, eating all your food out of your pantry. We've got a thing coming up called Youth Camp, and it is awesome. And it's a place for them to go and get away for a whole week um, and just really do what they do. You know, zip lines, tug of war, uh, high dive, blob each other, which is way safer than it sounds. It's actually really, really fun. But uh, I could stand here and tell you all about it, but I'd rather give you a little bit of a visual aid and let you see what some of these events look like. So check this out. What's up? Let's try that one more time. What's up? <laughs> Welcome to church. Man, you guys look amazing. Every single one of you look awesome. We are so glad that you're with us today. Welcome to City Hope Church, and welcome to every City Hope location, Mobile, Foley, every single one of them. And guys, this weekend, 
we get to welcome our brand new campus, our sixth campus in Holman Prison. Can you guys give our Holman Prison campus a huge hand? How cool is that, that uh, these guys are, are being, they are a part of our family, they are joining our family, we're so glad to have you with us uh, this weekend, beginning this weekend. And then in two weeks, we launch our seventh campus in Baymanette. Come on, let's celebrate that. So on June 7th, we'll start um, our, our very first services in Baymanette will begin 9 and 11 on June 7th. So if you know anybody in that area... Uh, invite them, get on Facebook, blast it. Let's get the word out and get people to City Hope Bay Manette. It's going to be absolutely incredible. Isn't it cool to see what God's doing? And it's so awesome. Just, you know, it's 100% God. The way God just moves, it's just so, so great. Um, and it's all about people, right? It's all about loving on people in our, in our communities. And uh, we're, we're very, very excited. So I get to kind of kick off a brand new series today. Uh, we're going we're gonna to spend a few weeks, actually we're going to spend about five weeks um, on this topic um, Pastor Jerry and I will kind of do a little tag team on this series, and so, um, but it's a huge topic. It's a very, very big topic, um, and we're talking about, of course, the title "Sticks and Stones." And so, you may have kind of a little bit of a clue as to where we're going. Um, anybody kind of have an idea, maybe, of where we're going with this series? No, good. Okay, I'm gonna tell you. Um, we're talking about words. We're talking about words, and all of us know that little nursery rhyme, right? And we can all say it together. Right? Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Um, how many of you actually believe that that's true? Anybody? Anybody? You don't believe that. Right? There was a point in your life early on when someone said something to you, and immediately you realized just how untrue that is, that words actually do hurt you. You know, words are extremely powerful, Words have so much power, um, and so that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about this idea of words, the weight of words, the power of words, and what they can do in our lives. Um, and it's a big deal. It's a huge deal. And so just, you know, this weekend, I'm going to kind of give us a little bit of a foundation. I'm going to kind of lay out the groundwork, and then over the next few weeks, we're going to dig in a little bit deeper. But um, just to kind of give you a, a, a snapshot of words, there are 800,000 words in the English language. 800,000 words. That's a lot of words. Now, 300,000 of those are scientific, technical, mechanical, those kind of things that, you know, simple people like me just, you know, I don't, you know, whatever. I don't get that. But 500,000 are, you know, kind of left over after that. Um, how many of you guys know somebody that attempts or maybe is fluent in all 500,000 words? Anybody? And maybe potentially tries to get through them all in a single day. Anybody? Anybody know that person? You have someone in mind right this second. Okay, well, it's actually not true because we only know 10,000 words. The average person only knows about 10,000 words, and we only use about 5,000 of those words on kind of an everyday basis and, you know, kind of an everyday life and the things that we go through. We only use about 5,000, but you actually know about 10,000, um, which is pretty incredible. Just to stop and think about 10,000 words that you and I know that we can potentially use, you know, and to go back to this idea that words are powerful, I love the thought of those words as assets, as something that can either build up or that can damage, that can break down, that can hurt. You know, 
to think back through history, we can think through some of the greatest speeches that have ever been given, you know, and the things that happened because of words that were spoken, you know, nations that were conquered, wars that were started, wars that were stopped, revolutions that took place because of a speech, right? I have a dream, right? We remember those things, words that were wrote, written on paper that we still uphold our freedom and our values today, the words that Jesus spoke 2,000 years ago that many of us still are, hang our lives on. Words last forever. Words are powerful. With words, just about anything can take place. But then the flip side is also true. Words hurt us. Words have the potential to break us down, to ultimately kill us. You know, words bring disharmony. Words bring havoc when they're not used properly. You know, we live in a world where there is an abundance of words. Words are everywhere, but sincerity and positivity are in rations. There's just not a lot of it. I mean, you look at the news, you look at life around us, and what do you see? You see negativity. You see we're bombarded with problems. We're bombarded with the negative. We're bombarded with all the things that are wrong in our world. And some of you guys may love to watch the news. I cannot stand to watch the news. I feel like I'm depressed every time I watch the news, right? Everything is wrong with the world. And then you read these stories about just how, how people's lives are so jacked up and they're making such terrible decisions, and it's just depressing. And it's words. They're words that are going out. There's very few sincere and positive words being spoken in our world today. Words are extremely important. They're powerful. There's a quote that I love by Emily Dickinson. She said this, and I think this is incredible. She says, I know nothing in the world that has as much power as a word. I know nothing in the world that has as much power as a single word. And then she goes on and she says this, Sometimes I'll write one down and I'll look at it until it begins to shine. Sometimes I'll look at it until it begins to shine. Just think about that for a second. Have you ever written a word or maybe God put something in your spirit or in your kind of devotional time? Maybe there's just a couple words that you jot down and, and all of a sudden the more you look at it, the more just kind of starts coming out of it. And you start realizing, man, this is... God's speaking to me through this, or there's something, and then as we walk through life, things begin to connect to that, and all of a sudden you see a pattern in life, right? Words have power. Like, it's crazy how that works. Just one word will will kind of spark, and it'll all of a sudden become a theme in your life for the next several weeks, and you'll see this word keep popping up. That's the power of words. It just kind of, it's illuminating. It shines, as she said. You know, the more you look at it, the more you think about it, the more you gaze upon it or whatever, you're just, there's so much life there. You know, words have the power to heal a heart. Words have the power to save a life. Words have the power to change a world. And 100% of this is by design. 100% is not an accident. It is 100% by design. And there's quite a lot in the scriptures about the power of words. Um, And so we're going to kind of focus through this series. We'll kind of come in and out of this chapter a little bit. But if you've got your Bible, your device, your, you know, whatever you use to to look up the scriptures, uh, we're going to be in Proverbs 18 quite a bit. Um, So I'm going to start us off. We're going to read verse 20. This is just kind of a great foundation for this scripture. Verse 20 says this, From the fruit of their mouth a person's stomach is filled. With the harvest of their lips they are satisfied. The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. The first part of that is basically saying this, the quality of life that you're living or lack thereof is because of your mouth. 
It's because of your mouth. The, the, the harvest of your life is because of what's going in and out of your mouth, the words that are coming in and out of your mouth. Because we have the power of life and death in our tongue. Guys, that's huge. And we breeze right by that. We've quoted that, right? You've quoted that a million times, right? But do you really get that? I love the way that the message reads this. Man, I love the message version. It just Sometimes it just speaks you know, my language a little bit better. And it says this in verse 21. I love how simple this is. Words kill. Words give life. They're either poison or fruit. You choose. Do you, I, like, I just feel the ultimate mic drop right there. Like, you choose. Bam. I'm out. Like, I don't even have to say anything else. If you can't get that, then you can't get anything. Like, that's just, that's huge. Your words either kill or they bring life. They're either poison or they're fruit. So you choose which one are you going to do? Which one are you going to hand out? Which one are you going to give to the people in your life? Are you going to give them fruit? Are you going to give them poison? Are you going to bring death into their life? Are you going to bring life into their very being, into their families, into into your family, into your circumstances? And like I said, all of this is by design, and every bit of it goes back to the very beginning of time. You know, whenever God created everything, you know, God can do anything he wants to do. You know, he could have created the world in any way he wanted to create the world. He could have waved his hand. He could have formed everything. He could have just thought it. He could have went, I mean, he literally could have created it any way, but the Bible very specifically says that he spoke 100% of life into existence. Everything that we see, everything that's beautiful, everything that's wonderful in our world, he literally spoke it into existence. Words are important. And because of that, he goes on, and when as he's creating things, he gets to us, and he creates us. And the Bible says that he created us in his image. So guess what we also have the power of in our words? Life just like he does. Just like he could speak life into this world, we can speak life. Now, we're not all powerful. We can't create things from nothing like he can. But I love this verse of creating life or death. We can speak life or death. Let me try to explain this in the best way that kind of makes sense for me, okay? Because this is the way that this thing works. Speaking is so important that whenever we speak life, We're coming into agreement with God's purposes and God's plans. So whenever we're speaking to someone else and we speak positivity, we speak life over them, we speak purpose over them, we're coming into alignment with what God ultimately wants for that person. He wants that person to be healthy. He wants that person to be whole. He wants that person to live in their purpose. So when we speak things of life, we're coming into agreement with God. However... When we speak ill about someone or harm over someone or we speak death over someone, guys, we're, we're getting out of alignment with God and we're getting into alignment with the enemy because the enemy of our soul, Satan, he wants us to be destroyed. He wants us to be dead. He wants us to be completely out of the picture because what he does not want is for you and God to be connected. So he's willing to do whatever he can do to get in the middle. And if that means using you to speak death over someone, he will. And it's like we're literally getting out of alignment with God and we're beginning to speak death over someone. We're speaking the enemy's purposes that he wants for their life. Weird, right? 
crazy, right? But that's how this works. Whenever we're speaking life, we're literally coming into agreement with God and we're going, man, I want God's plan for this life. I want God's purpose for this life. I want God's blessings. I want the fruit of the Spirit. I want all these good things, these promises of God over this life. Words are huge. And this whole thing boils down to this. It's not about getting God in alignment with our words. It's about getting our words in alignment with God. And that's how our quality of life changes. You know, that that scripture, that's how it changes. Is because we are in alignment with God. We come into alignment with God and we stay there. We stay in that place and our quality of life gets better. Everything around us gets better. You know, I said a minute ago that words are gifts. You know, the, the, the ability to speak a word is a gift from God. There's not another species, there's not another creation that has the ability to speak words. Speech and vocabulary and language and beautiful southern accents, right? There, there isn't another species that has that gift, just like there isn't another species that has the gift of salvation, the gift of grace, or, you know, some of you, the gift of serving, the gift of giving, the gift of singing, the gift of, you know, whatever your gift is, words are a gift. A gift that God freely gave you, why? To use for his glory. Just like all of our gifts, our gifts are meant to lift him up. Our gifts are meant to just point the world toward him, to lift him up, to worship him through whatever that gift is that God gave you. Well, words is a gift. It's a gift for us to use to build life. And so today, this weekend, I just want to look at two reasons why we have words, why words are important. You know, I, I like to kind of think of words as connectors, words as bridges. Um, so I'm going to kind of use that terminology as, as a connector. So the first one is this, is that words connect us to God. That's the first thing, words connect us to God. You know, I already talked about how we, all, we began with a word. Right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to take that one step further because the way that God came from the heavenly realm to this earthly, you know, dirty place that we live, right? the way he did that was through words. The way that he came from the heavens, from the spiritual realm, into this place was through words, and his name was Jesus Christ. It's the way that he made that happen because here's the deal. We're, you know, right now there is a huge gap between us and God, and that gap is our sin. That's keeping us from him. And listen to this, and, and we all know this scripture, or some of you guys know this. John 1, 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Verse 14 says this, The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. In order to bridge that gap of sin, God literally sent his Word. In order to connect to us, God sent the Word to connect to us. But wait a minute, it it even gets better because as Jesus came, just picture, you know, kind of the Grand Canyon and we're on one side and God's on one side and there's just this huge gap between us and there's no way for us to get there because our sin is in the middle. There's nothing that we can do to get to God. He sends his son, his word becomes that bridge that makes it possible for us to go and spend time with God. But guess what connects us to God? The Bible says that you have to believe in your heart and confess with your heart mouth. Isn't that crazy? It's because of the word that we can actually cross the bridge. It's the word, it's because of our word that we can actually go, okay, I believe in my heart and I'm confessing, yes, you are Lord, you are my Savior, I love you and I want to be with you, and boom, we can cross the bridge and actually be saved. 
Is that not just immediately elevating the importance of words in our life where you realize, oh my goodness, God literally designed all of this around this idea of words. I mean, to the point that Jesus Christ is the word. And it all links back to God the Father and his plan for us. It's amazing. It's wonderful. And that's our first connection to God. He connects to us and we connect back to him. But it doesn't stop there, right? It's our continual connection to God. We have to stay continually and constantly connected to him. Let me go back and read. I I skipped over a a verse and I really think that we should read it. Romans 10 says this. You guys know it, but I'm going to read it anyway. The word is near you. It is in your mouth and it's in your heart. That is the message concerning faith that we proclaim. Verse 9 says, If you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. Everyone, verse 13, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord, name of the Lord will be saved. With your words, you connect to God. With your words, or his words, he connected to you. It's how he reaches us. It's how we reach him. It raises the importance of words. And here's the key, though. Because words are so important, the enemy knows it. And the enemy does not want you connected to God. He doesn't want you that way. Let's talk about, let's talk about how we connect to God in everyday life. Because we've, you know, we've all talked about spiritual disciplines. You know, we've, especially some of you guys that maybe have grown up in church or in and out of church. You know, you've heard a few things over the years. And one of those is, um, you know, you've got to read your Bible. Right? That's how, we, that's how we connect to God. Well, what is the Bible? It's God's word. It's full of words. And that's how we connect to God. Worship. Worship is important. We're singing words of praise. We're singing words of gratitude. We're singing words of adoration and words of worship. It's a connection to God. And then, of course, prayer. Prayer is a constant connection, using our words to connect to God. And it's so important that we do those things. It's so important. But the enemy knows that it's important. And if he can do anything to get in between there and to break that connection, he will because he knows that if he can break those words from going up and down, then he can get you so off track. He can get you so um, frustrated and mumbling and grumbling and complaining and pointing and looking in a different direction completely than right here. You break this channel of constant communication and the enemy can get in and he knows that he can because ultimately that's what he wants. That's why the Bible says that we've got to pray continually. Uh, you guys have probably read that scripture, 1 Thessalonians five seventeen, and it's possibly intimidated you, but it says pray without ceasing. NIV says never stop praying. Why? Because that's how important your connection to God is. That's how important it is that this channel of communication, these words never stop flowing. Because the moment that they do, the enemy knows he can get in there. And you think, oh my goodness, never stop praying? How in the world am I supposed to do that? How in the world can I never stop praying? I've actually got to get some things done. You know, I've actually got to live life. I've actually got to, you know, do some things. You know, a few years ago, I, I, this kind of this analogy really helped me understand what this means. So I'll, I'll kind of pass it along to you and see if it helps you out. But prayer is not, you know, it's not meant to be um, a one-time thing. It's not meant to be the thing you do once a day and then, you know, it's in this neat little box and that's it. No, prayer is meant to be continual. Think of this verse as continual prayer. 
How many of you guys are texters? We got any texters in the room? Come on, you little finger speed people. Okay, good. I'm a texter. I do not like talking on the phone. I will text all day long. It is so much easier, right? It's so much better. So think of it like this. Some of you have people in your life, a spouse, a kid, you know, a really good friend that your text message conversation is just an ongoing conversation that never ends. You know, like whenever my wife texts me or I text her, I don't, have to, I don't have to go through all of the pleasantries and all of the introduction again. And, hey, honey, how are you today? What shoes are you wearing? How are you feeling? What's going on? Right? <clears throat> I can just say, hey, what do you want for dinner tonight? Like I can just jump right into the conversation. Why? Because that conversation never ended. She texts me 47 times a day. Right? I text her back like 12 times a day. <clears throat> Right, But that's that ebb and flow of conversation. I don't have to stop and start the whole thing back up again. Right, I can just consistently, continually be in that conversation. And that's exactly the way that it is with God. That's what he wants for you, from you. He just wants you to include him in your day. Just make him a part of your life. I'm telling you, it never fails as I'm driving, as I'm mowing the lawn. You know, as I'm cleaning the car, and I mean, whatever I'm doing, I'm working, I'm typing, I'm doing something, something will kind of prick my heart or a thought will come into my head, something will happen. And you know what my first thing is? I text God. Hey, what do you think about that? Hey, this is weird. I just had this thought. Or hey, this person responded to me in a really weird way. How should I do? When, what should I do? Or hey, I'm really frustrated with money. Our finances are kind of jacked up. Or, yeah, I mean, it's like immediately I could just jump right into that conversation. Why? Because it happens all day, every day, continually. I don't have to, you know, get down on my knees and do the official, um, you know, hand formation for prayer kind of thing and like get in my formal thing and then, oh, dearest heavenly Father, that, you know, cometh thou into my heart and lead me now as I do my checkbook you know, kind of thing. Like, I don't have to get all formal. I can just go, dude, there's no money. Come on. <laughs> Hook a brother up for real. Right? Like, I can, just, I can just jump right in it. Like, God's not a God of formality. God's a God of people. <laughs> right? He just wants conversation. He just wants your heart. He just wants your words. He wants one word over, you know, all the millions of words that make you sound smart. He just wants you to be you, just speaking your language, talking your talk. Be you to him. Just be you. Just talk to him. But be continual. Keep that thing open. Keep that conversation open. Because the enemy knows that if he can break that, if he can stop that, then he can wreck your life. That's the power of words. We can, it connects us to God. They connect us to God. So many of us want that kind of connection every single day. And that's how you get it. You just stay in continual communication with God, constantly talking to him and you know, talk things out, just talking to him. Second thing I want to bring up is this. The second thing that words connect us to, words connect us to each other. Words connect us to each other. You know, there's not, um, there's not a crucial or a meaningful relationship in your life that was not established by words. You know, there's nothing substantial relationally in your life that was not created by words. And most of the relationships that have been destroyed in your life were destroyed by words. 
Words are bridges that connect us to one another. They're the way that we communicate, the way we talk. I mean, they're, they're live. I mean, there's so much of life. If you did not have words to speak to another person, there would be no connection. It's the only way that emotions can connect, that spirits can connect, that souls can connect. It's the only way we can get there is by words, sharing our heart, sharing our life, sharing our mind with another person. And there's not another relationship that's more important than your marriage when it comes to words. You know, so much of life comes from the marriage. So much of what you, you deal with in everyday life comes out of that marriage. And when the marriage is healthy, when communication is healthy, when things are healthy within your marriage, it just everything else seems to be so much easier. Everything else in life just seems to go so much smoother when there's health there. So what I want to do is the, the, the principles I want to talk about, just a few things I want to bring up. I've only got a few minutes left. I'm way long-winded this service. Um, you know, they can really apply to any relationship, but I'm going to kind of zero in a little bit on um, mainly on marriages and uh, because marriage is so important. Your marriage is so vital, and the words that you speak are so huge. And it's interesting to me because, you know, every verse in the Bible is placed where it is intentionally. Like, you know, God didn't oopsie or anything and accidentally put verses in the wrong order. Like, you know, the Bible is designed. The Bible is perfect. Everything about it. So it's interesting, the verses that we read earlier, uh, Proverbs 18, 20, and 21, the very next verse happens to be about marriage. It feels somewhat random, but we know God is not random. Let's, let's read it again. Um, verse 20, we'll start there again. From the fruit of their mouth, a person's stomach is filled with the harvest of their lips, they are satisfied. The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. He who finds a wife finds what is good and receives favor from the Lord. This whole chapter is about words. This whole chapter is about words. It is not in any way an accident that those verses are slammed right together, and they're put together. Now, the very first verse, verse 20, let me paraphrase that for you. It says this, the quality of life that you're living depends on the words that you're speaking. It says it it is depending on what is coming and going from your mouth, the words that your tongue is forming. That is where the quality of life or the lack of quality of life is coming from. And then the very next thing, life and death, then boom, marriage, just like that. Why? Because marriage is so crucial. Your marriage is so important. Some of you guys, your marriage is bad because you've built it that way with your words. You know, if you want a great marriage, build it with your words. If you want a great husband, build him with your words. If you want a great wife, build her with your words. That's the way we speak life into that. We speak, we speak hope into that. And God honors it. We're coming into alignment with him. Maybe your kids, maybe another relationship. You know, you want great kids, build them with your words. Speak life into them. Because life and death is in the power of your tongue. Every single one of us. And some of you, you have a dysfunctional, jacked-up marriage because you've spoken it that way. And you spoke negativity over your spouse. You spoke no- negativity over this marriage. Why did we do this in the first place? If it wasn't for the kids, I wouldn't even be here. I mean, this is a mistake. Why in the world did we get married? We, we did this way too fast. We weren't thinking. What in the world? You're speaking death over that relationship that God put together. Speak life into it, man. This is God's design and God's plan. And yet it's tough right now, but God's got a purpose. God's got a purpose. God's going to bring us on the other side and we're going to be stronger than ever before. 
Speak life into that marriage. Build the marriage that you believe God wants for you. Speak that over your spouse. Speak that over um, your marriage, your kids, everything that you do. And husbands, I'm going I'm to harp on you a little bit. Husbands, you got to start bragging on your wife, man. You got to start praising your wife and speaking blessing over her. We've got to do that. I mean, so often, and I'm as guilty as anyone in this room, that when you're with your buddies, it's real easy to kind of throw a little jab at your spouse, throw a little ha, 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 that's real funny, I'm just kidding, right? You're not kidding. Who are you fooling? I mean, there's no joking. You're being 100% serious. And either way, even if you are kidding, words are going forth. You're speaking death. You're affecting her. You're affecting her life. Ephesians 5.25 says this, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with, with water through the word. I'm going to read it in the message. Husbands, go all out in your love for your wives, exactly as Christ did for the church. A love marked by giving, not getting. Christ's love makes the, whole, makes the church whole. I love this right here. His words evoke her beauty. Everything he does and says is designed to bring the best out of her. Dressing her in dazzling white silk, radiant with holiness. And that is how husbands ought to love their wives. And I love this. They're really doing themselves a favor since they're one in marriage. And awesome. How is it that we, that we wash, we cleanse, we restore, we heal, we, we, we bring confidence to our wife? We speak it. How do we restore her? How do we help her, her with the, you know, the, the spirit of rejection that may be on her, the things that were spoken over her as a child that she's still dealing with? How do we do it? We, we speak life. We speak positive. We speak God's plan into her. Instead of tearing her down and wearing her out and doing all this kind of stuff, we speak life into it. Ladies, the flip side, quit nagging on your man about what he can't do right. You know, you just can't do this. You can't get that. Get this better. Do this better. Hey, start speaking over him what you want the man of God in him to be. Start speaking life into him. You know, well, there, he didn't do anything right. How can I speak it if he ain't doing anything right? He does something right, guys. I promise. You know, I mean, I don't know. He's got to do something right. Maybe he puts his pants on right. You know, it's like, it's like he does this number, then he does this number. You're like, babe, the way you put those pants on, my God. If, if only every man put their pants on that good. Right? Or do, you're like the best channel surfer I've ever seen. Like just the, the speed of the way those channels fly. And your mind is so fast. I mean, you're just, you know, you're getting everything on every channel and you're figuring it all out. And then the way you stop where you want to stop, my God, you're amazing. Find something that he does right and speak life into him. I'm telling you, there is nothing better in the world than when we're hanging out with friends and my wife brags on me. Right? Guys, come on. You know exactly what I'm talking about. When you're with a group of people or whatever, and, you're, and my wife, she can't brag on me a lot. There's a few things I do well. But she's like, you know, he's a great dad. You know, Trey's just such a great dad, whatever, whatever. Right? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> come on. Right? I mean, there's this immediate, like, I will punch Thor in the face right now. I'm so jacked up. Like, I will take on anything. Right? There's just something about speaking life over your spouse that is just invigorating. I mean, it just builds confidence in it. There's just something incredible about it. But yet, so many of our marriages are built on death, speaking death, complaining and negativity and all this grumbling and this sour stuff. Man, speak 
life. Speak life into your marriage. I said this a minute ago, but I'm going to say it again. The sad truth is that some of you have the wife that you have because of your negative words. You have the husband that you have because of your negative words. You have the marriage that you have because of your negative words. And it doesn't really just stop there, you know, with marriage. It goes into every relationship. Our kids, you know, build them with your words. It goes into, you know, the waiter that just can't get your order right. You know, that, that, that waiter that just aggravating you and you're speaking, you know, even if it's there to that table or maybe it's to her face, but you're ultimately speaking death and you have no idea where she is in life. You have no idea what's going on in that person's life and that person's story. But so often we speak death and we speak hurt or we get on Facebook and we blast the world and we just, you know, we have no, no idea whatsoever what our words are doing. And we get angry at a politician and we get angry at a teacher. We get angry at a, at, a, at a coach. We get angry at somebody, a friend, a neighbor, a loved one. And we get on there and we just blast. Those words damage. 